I've had the Steam Deck for about a year now, and this is not the same machine that Valve sent me last February. The hardware is the same, I haven't done any big modifications to it yet, but Valve's continual software updates to SteamOS have totally changed the Steam Deck and the way I use it. So let's take a look at the biggest changes to SteamOS in the Steam Deck's first year. But before we do, leave a comment down below about your favorite changes to SteamOS this year. Now I'm sure that there's a lot of outlets out there that are going to be talking about the number of games that are available to play on Steam Deck. I'm sure the Steam Deck started off with a thousand either playable or verified games, and I think today it's roughly somewhere around 7,000, but a lot of those newly marked playable and verified games always played just fine on the Steam Deck, they just hadn't been tested yet. However, Valve has been making it easier to get games running on deck. Just recently, they went through and added Proton Experimental to a bunch of EA games as default. This makes it so that the launcher won't cause issues when playing those games. But back in March 2022, after launch, they also updated the UI to allow end users to give them feedback on the verified status of games which is a great way to improve the accuracy of these games' ratings, as we've sometimes seen unsupported games run absolutely fine, while some supported games or some verified games just run into nothing but problems. But no matter how you look at the number of games available on the deck, no game system has ever launched with such a large and diverse number of games available to it as the Steam Deck has. And that's because it's just a PC, as Valve has said over and over. I still tend to think of it as more like an open platform console, but you guys can all argue with me in the comments section about that. In addition to that, Valve has worked directly with Microsoft to bring Xbox Cloud Gaming to the Steam Deck, which is a kind of way to get Game Pass on the Steam Deck. It still feels a little bit laggy to me, as with any cloud gaming solution, your mileage may vary depending on where you live and your distance to whatever server it is that you're connecting to. I'd still really like to see Microsoft bring Game Pass to the Steam Deck without having to jump through the hoops of cloud gaming. I don't think that'll happen, but if it did, man oh man, there'd be a lot of thankful gamers. Speaking of thanks, I'd like to thank this episode's sponsor, Ugreen. They make some amazing charging solutions that are great for the Steam Deck. Sure, the deck comes with its own charger, but it has an attached cord, which I can't stand, and it only charges the Steam Deck. Ugreen has a few options that work really well with the Steam Deck, like their 100 watt GAN fast charger, which can charge three USB-C devices and a USB-A device all at once. It also has a foldable plug so you can take it with you without worrying about the prongs damaging anything in your bag. Or you can check out the 140 watt version which can bring a MacBook Air from 0 to 71%, a MacBook Pro 14 from 0 to 80%, and an iPhone 14 from 0 to 78% all at the same time and in just 60 minutes. So if there's something that you need charged, you know 100% that Ugreen's GAN chargers are going to be there for you. So check out the link in the description and make sure to support the channel by supporting my sponsors. And a big thank you to Ugreen for supporting this channel. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, 
The team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Okay, enough with charges. Let's talk about changes. When the Steam Deck was first released, the docked mode was a pretty bad experience. First off, when you hooked it up to a 4K screen, which all my screens are 4K screens, the resolution of the Steam Deck automatically jumped up to 4K, which is asking a lot of the low power device. Not only that, but the screen got really, really small and hard to read. This led to a slow, laggy, frustrating, and hard to read experience with tons of empty space outside of the games where you could manually set your resolution. In July, they added automatic UI scaling so that the deck could detect how big to make stuff. You can also adjust it manually as well if you'd like, but I just let the deck take care of that. The docked experience was so bad at the beginning that I think that's the reason that Valve delayed their own dock, and I said that a hundred times here on the channel, that they weren't going to ship their dock until they figured out how to get the docked experience better. Well, eventually, they did improve the docked mode, and they got it working pretty dang well, and wouldn't you know it, they shipped the dock the very next week. The official dock is great, but there's lots of third-party options out there, and speaking of which, one thing that hasn't changed about the deck is how open Valve has made it. Valve has continually said that it's just a PC, which means that you can do whatever you want with it. And there's a lot of new third-party solutions, both hardware and software, that have popped up in the last year that weren't there at launch. Let's start with software. Plugins are essentially software mods for the Steam Deck, letting you do things like change the saturation of the deck screen, or even change how many cores your APU is using in order to improve battery life or maintain better performance. If you haven't tried plugins yet, they're very easy to get up and running on your Steam Deck. I've got a tutorial linked in the description that'll take you step-by-step step through the process. But third-party solutions are not only limited to software. There's tons of third-party accessories that you can get for your Steam Deck that weren't available at launch. Now, as I list off some of my favorite accessories for the Steam Deck, there's gonna be links in the description down below if you wanna pick them up for yourself. Some of these links will be affiliate links, which means you'll directly be supporting the show and other links won't. Now I'll make sure to put a little icon next to all of the affiliate links so you know which ones are directly supporting me. Some of my favorite accessories are the Ugreen Charging Bricks, the sponsor of this episode, which I mentioned earlier. I actually have their 140 watt charger plugged into my Steam Deck dock so that I can charge my deck and my iPad at the same time without having to mess around with wires. You're also going to want to pick up a big SD card. I currently have a one terabyte card installed in my Steam Deck and that is linked down below. But if you don't use my link in order to pick up an SD card, make sure, make absolutely sure that your card is an A2 rated card for better speeds. You're thank me later. Now I haven't installed them yet, but a third party solution that I'll be doing a video about relatively soon is Hall Effect joysticks for the Steam Deck from Gully Kit. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on that video. These thumbsticks should have smaller dead zones and be less prone to drift, although I haven't really run into any issues with the official Steam Deck thumbsticks. My go-to dock is the official dock from Valve, but I also keep other docks around the house hooked up to various TVs. I've got the iVolar dock, hooked up in the living room, as well as the JSOX docked hooked up on another TV in the house. My favorite keyboard and mouse combo to use with the Steam Deck is the Keychron K4 keyboard and the Logitech MX Master 3. I love these because they can be hooked up to my Mac, my PC, and my Steam Deck 
all at the same time wirelessly, and all I have to do is press a couple of buttons in order to switch between them. My portable keyboard and mouse solution is the iClever folding keyboard. It also connects to three devices, but I only use it for the Steam Deck. It's small, it's portable, and it's got a trackpad, which makes using desktop mode on the go a thousand times easier. I've got an entire video about Steam Deck accessories, so make sure you check out that in the link in the description. Now, I think one of the most important changes to come to the Steam Deck in the last year is the ability to change the refresh rate of the screen. Let me give you a quick recap on how this change works. Frame rate is how often frames are generated on a game. Think 30 frames per second versus 60 frames per second. While refresh rate is how quickly the screen will update, which sounds very similar, but is not quite the same thing. When the deck first launched, the screen would always update at 60 hertz or 60 times per second. Now, if you were playing a game that can't maintain 60 frames per second, you would see some issues as the screen would be ready to update, but there wouldn't be a new frame ready, so the game would feel choppy unless you were playing at a frame rate that was evenly divisible by 60, like 30 frames per second. Now, previously, if you're playing that game and you can't maintain 30 frames per second, your best bet was to limit the game to 30 frames per second as you wouldn't see as much choppiness. But in April, Valve published an update that gave us the ability to change the refresh rate of the screen, not just the frame rate. So if you're playing a game and it can't maintain 60 frames per second, but it has no problem handling 40 frames per second, then you could set your refresh rate of the screen to 40 hertz and your frame rate will be silky smooth and stable with no dips. And if that isn't good enough for you, it also will result in better battery life at the same time. This is a win-win. They also added 15 frames per second to the frame limiters, so if you're playing a game that doesn't need constant updates like a card game or a visual novel, you can have the Steam Deck sip on the battery instead of chugging on it, which is an awesome change. They also added in May the ability to make your performance profiles on a per game basis. So if you're playing Elden Ring at 30 FPS, restricting your free refresh rate to 30 Hertz, then you switched over to Cyberpunk 2077, you could lock that to 40 Hertz and 40 frames per second. Prior to this change, you had to switch and set these options each and every time that you started a new game, and you had to remember what was the best settings for game A and what were the best settings for game B. After this change, Everything is just remembered for you. Another change that Valve has made is when the deck first launched, a complaint that a lot of people had was that the fan was loud. Valve adjusted the fan profile in June to compensate for that. They also switched fans out from the Delta fan to the Huang fan? I'm probably saying that wrong. Since then, they've started bringing back Delta fans with some foam to reduce the noise. Now, I never really ran into noise issues with the fan. I know that I have the original Delta fan because I have a pre-release unit, but I never really heard issues, but that's probably because my hearing is garbage. When the Steam Deck was first announced, one of the reasons I was so hyped for it was because of Steam input. The Steam controller is one of my favorite controllers of all time. It's not really because the hardware is fantastic. The trackpads are great and all, but it was really Steam input, the software behind the Steam controller that made it so awesome. With the hardware, I felt like the face buttons were a little bit small and hard to reach, but because of Valve software, it let me pretty much do whatever I wanted with the controller, so I loved it. When the Steam Deck first came out, they kind of went back to the drawing board with Steam input and started from scratch. 
This meant that there were tons of features on Steam input that Steam controllers were used to having that were missing. But over the last year, Valve has continually added those features back, which is awesome. For instance, when the deck launched, we didn't have the ability to add icons to virtual menus, which was something that you could do with the old Steam input. Well, Valve fixed that in September of 2022, but not only that, they completely overhauled the entire system for making virtual menus, and it's infinitely superior than, in my opinion, the way it was previously on the Steam controller. There's still quite a few things about it that people dislike, but overall, I feel like the new Steam input does nearly everything that I want it to. And in addition to making it easier for you to configure your controls to work exactly the way you want them to, Valve also massively increased the support for third-party controllers like the Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons or the DualSense for DualSense? The DualSense for the PS5. Other UI changes that we've seen is when the deck first launched, it was kind of a chore to get through a large library of games, but back in March of last year, they added ways to sort through your library with advanced filters and dynamic collections, making it quicker and easier to get to the game that you were looking for. When I first got my hands on the Steam Deck in February of 2022, one of my first complaints about the Steam Deck was that it lacked absolutely any security at all. Well, very quickly after launch, they updated and gave us security pins so that you can keep your account on Steam safe. Overall, I love the UI that goes with Steam OS. And they've also pushed this UI to the big picture mode on the desktop Steam client, which I personally think is a huge win. There's a lot of people out there that disagree with me on this. And if you're one of them, let me know down below. None of these changes mean anything if you can't get your hands on a Steam Deck. When this deck was first announced in summer of 2021, Valve took pre-orders which they hoped to fulfill by the end of that year. But due to chip shortages and supply chain issues, Valve had to delay until February 2022. Then it was a huge slog to get through all of those orders. Initially, Valve would send out invites to buy your deck every Thursday, and then they started speeding things up with Mondays and Thursday. Eventually, they got through the whole queue and they opened it up to everybody, and these days, if the deck is available in your region, you can pretty much just buy one right away, no need to queue up. And I, I completely think that we're very soon going to be seeing the Steam Deck in more regions. So after having the Steam Deck for an entire year, the question you're probably wondering is, should we buy it? For me, the answer is absolutely. I love the Steam Deck. It is my favorite hardware to play games on these days. Is it perfect? No. There are many games that will struggle to run on the Steam Deck, and thanks to launchers, DRM, and anti-cheat software not playing well with Linux, there's going to be games that just absolutely won't run. Sure, you can install Windows on an SD card and boot from that, and that works just fine, but the Steam Deck isn't for everyone. But I'm guessing if you sat here and watched this whole video, then the Steam Deck is for you. It's awesome, and it's one of my favorite ways to play games right now. And I think a lot of that is thanks to Valve's breakneck pace at which they update Steam OS. Now drop a Steam Deck in the comments, and I'll give you a thumbs up as a thank you for staying right to the end. And speaking of thanks, thanks to you, Green, for sponsoring this episode. From the Nerd Nest, I'm Bill. Stay rad, everyone.